You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. There it is. Well, everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in again. Um, it's another episode of Brown Trout and Bridge Beers, um, sponsored by nobody, because Hams is still refusing to offer us a sponsorship. But one of these days, uh, they might actually follow through and help us out. Uh, Grant's here. We've got Matt, and we've oh. got our guest Aaron uh, from the North Shoreish area of Minnesota. Aaron, why don't you uh, give yourself yeah, a quick sure. introduction? Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? Hey, everyone. I am Aaron Gerlovich. I am with uh, Minnesota Steelheader. First and foremost, I uh, have been a part of Minnesota Steelheader for about seven years now. We're a nonprofit that. Uh, is dedicated towards education and getting more people on the water chasing steel. Uh, secondly, I am the co-owner of North Shore Guide Service and one of the lead guides for steelhead trout and salmon on the North Shore of Minnesota, going from Duluth to almost the Canadian border. And lastly, I am a hardcore steelhead junkie and fly junkie that just belly beats fish, man. Love it. That's that's pretty good. Um, what about uh, so? Let's talk about Minnesota Steelheader. Um, you know, how long have you been with them, and you know, what is their kind of uh, mission, right, uh, uh, for for the people of Minnesota, really the Midwest in general? Yeah. So I think I want to say seven years, and I I was thinking about that. Um, earlier today and I have to like look it up and see when I was really brought on board with Minnesota Steelheader. But uh roughly seven years I got involved with them and what our goal and our main mission is just to uh inform, inspire and get more people out fishing on the North Shore. Uh because it's it for some people like uh you and I were talking about earlier, it can be intimidating. But uh we offer free clinics that kind of break those barriers down and, and really make it simple. For people to understand, we have a website that offers a uh, whole load of information for people that are just getting started. They may want to know what to use, uh, what things to buy, because that can be daunting. You're going to a fly shop or, or going to your local tackle shop and knowing what to outfit with. Right. So we've got a couple of nice resources on there to really help a person out. But uh, the cool thing about us is we have staff that both live in... Uh, up north here, we have uh, Lisa, Brian, and I that live in the Arrowhead region, North Shore region. And then we have uh, a couple other great people, Davin, Neil. Uh, we have Andrew. The list goes on of, of our uh, field staff members and board directors. Uh, but they're down in St. Paul. So it's cool we can kind of divide and conquer. And we do have some events down at Summit Brewery in the winter. It's kind of like a meet and greet, steelhead social seminar. Uh, and a few other clinics, like I said, but uh, we're spread out. And one goal, one mission in, in mind 
is to just get more people steal at it. Well, that's awesome. good to hear. Um, you know, cause like I said, yeah, it, it feels, it can feel a little daunting, a little intimidating. Um, you know, you're dealing with what well, seems to be, you know, if you're coming from the drift list, you're dealing with a little, uh, louder water, um, you know, a little different shorelines, definitely bigger fish, bigger, bigger tackle to deal with. So it's, it's awesome that you guys have those, those clinics. And I've been to, um, was that a couple of years ago, my buddy Bob and I came up and we did that April, mm-hmm. I think it was in April or March, that spring steelhead clinic with you guys. And I know him and I both learned a lot and he's been up there, uh, trying to fish as much as he can too. um, using yeah. tools that you guys really showed us, showed us what to uh, fish with. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I've seen Bob out actually a few times uh, on a few of the middle shore rivers. I, I stopped and said hi to him. And I think he yeah. had a couple of fish last year. I, I, was, I was, he did. He did. He was pretty, pretty excited about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm heading up. Uh, we're going to do some deer camp prepping here this, this upcoming weekend. So I'll see Bob and see what his plans are for, for the fall, fall fishing run. Nice. Hopefully he can get out. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That I know that you guys are doing that and I'm assuming everything's kind of put on hold right now. Um, yeah. Do you have any events coming up with Minnesota steelhead? Um, not as, I mean, we do, we, we do have scheduled events. Um, we would have our, uh, Minnesota steelheader pink salmon clinic, which would be this fall, which should be like next weekend. Okay. Uh, things were Corona, were Corona free. Um, we're hoping to get back on board and maybe get going with our shore casting clinic that we do in the winter, which is like January, February. And, uh, we're hoping that next year, next spring, we can get right back into things because it, it sucked for, for all the crew to, uh, to not be able to get out. We had to cancel our, all the clinics, which was a bummer. Fair, but yeah, that's, that's the story all around, I think. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's canceling everything. Although apparently, apparently the big 10 is going to start playing football again. I just read today. So oh, eight, did you? like eight game uh, season was still potential to get in the playoffs or something like that. So, Oh, wow. I don't know. All right. Can't, can't live without football in the Midwest. Well, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, at yeah. least we can still go on fish on our own. You know, that's a mess of plus <laughs> Matt. Do you have uh-huh. any questions about the Minnesota steelhead guys? No, I mean, I think he, he covered what, what their group is pretty well. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the actual fishing part of steelhead and up on the North shore. The good stuff. The good stuff. Uh, what's, uh, you know, I don't even know where to start. I have so many questions. Let's go with this one. What's your, uh, would you give, your favorite beginner stream for somebody to try out if they're coming from the city land. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'll, I'll give you a couple. How about that? Um, good. <clears throat> so if you want one that's nice and close to town, 
uh, I'm going to say the Lester and people are going to hear this and they're going to go, why would you recommend it? It's a zoo. Uh, it, it is. It's busy. Um, it's not like Salmon River, New York busy. You know, it's not like shoulder to shoulder. When people say that term up here, you know, they really don't know what shoulder to shoulder is. It's busy, but you can find your own pocket okay. and you can find your own, you can find your own fish. Um, the Lester for a reason, it's just, it takes so many fish. It takes steelhead and it takes the, the Kamloops still, uh, you know, they're being phased out obviously, but we'll have the clip steelhead coming in and it just takes huge runs of fish. It's easy to fish. It's very accessible. It's close to town. Uh, and you'll, you will see people, but that's to be expected. The next one that you can do, um, which would be the, say, Sucker River. Um, a lot of people fish that one. That's very, very popular. Uh, nice parking, a nice trail down to the river. Uh, that one does have some limited access now with landowners uh, restricting it. And there's still plenty of access available. Just respect those landowners' wishes and signs are posted, obviously. So um, yep. trespassing is, is not an issue. Uh, that one takes a, a ton of fish as well. Easy to drift. Uh, the next one would be going up the shore. That's, I'm starting in Duluth, I should have, I should have right. said. Uh, the next one would be north of Two Harbors would be the, uh, the Stewart River. And that's, again, easy to fish, great walking trail. Uh, you can take a power line down to the upper holes on it. And, uh, you know, you will see some people, uh, some weeks are busier than others. But, um, you know, I, I tell people, this isn't much of a secret anymore. Is if you want to get good steelhead fishing, wait until walleye opener, you know, uh, <laughs> you can wait, kind of hang out, relax all spring. You don't have to beat yourself up in the 30 degree weather and, and the, the mid thirties water temp fish aren't active, you know, wait until walleye opener when people are in their boat, they're trolling, they're jigging for walleyes on vermilion because they've been itching all, all spring yeah. and go to some of those rivers that are close to town and, and they're uncrowded. You know, you'll get your own water and you'll get active fish, fish that are really hitting hard. That's awesome. That's, uh, yeah. that's kind of, I, I, I kind of feel that way about, uh, driftless fishing down here just for trout when, yeah, like, definitely. when warm water fishing starts up in the spring, uh, for the bass and then definitely the one the muskie guys leave the water. And then in the fall time, I feel like as soon as grouse hunting and bow hunting opens up, you know, because I think what this weekend's opener or maybe last week when it was open in Wisconsin, yep. Ev, like, you know, everybody on the fringe that kind of does both, they just leave the water and then all of a sudden you're kind of left to your own, uh, on the, on the streams, which is, Perfect. it's always nice. But like you said, it's never salmon river shoulder to shoulder. You can always get more than a hundred yards away from a bridge and you're probably going to find some water yourself. Yeah. And the, you know, guys that are from the drift list that are used to fishing small water, uh, maybe, maybe if you're used to going out West and fishing like, uh, you know, Bighorn mountain area, they're just, for example, um, you know, what pocket water is, you know, you know how to fish that small little pocket water. You don't have to fish this big long run or this nice big pool. Uh, you can still pick these little pockets apart and have your own active, you know, pot of active fish right in front of you. There's nobody else around. So kind of cool. So setup wise, let's say you're, you're new to the game. Uh, are you, are you sending people to the fly shop to get some Berkeley trout worms and uh, a couple, 
couple hooks or, or what's what's your suggestion? I, I make I make Pierce cry. That's my that's <laughs> I tell you. Um, so when I started steelhead fishing, uh, when I was 15 years old, getting dropped off at the river, I was dropped off with my my night crawlers and my hooks and my five weight fly rod with my Fluger medalist or my, my Fluger uh, president taped on to the, the real seat because I didn't have anything else. So uh, I was bobber fishing, chunking, chunking crawlers and uh, caught a lot of fish, you know, and that <clears throat> from then on, it was just like, you know, I like going down. I like catching fish and, and you can, you can do the traditional fly thing, but the tough thing about the North shore is it is fast. In the spring, you get some runoff and that water is ripping and, uh, I don't care what kind of weight you're using, what kind of indicator setup. That if fly line is getting tugged right out of the strike zone, it's gone. You know, it's not even you're not down. Uh, so, you know, I, I send guys. You know, obviously the the eggs and the stone flies are are still viable and good, but um, squirmy wormies, mop flies, uh, anything that's just down and dirty. You know, mop and glow. Um, are you using mop flies for steelhead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's dirty. Careful. Yeah. Uh, oh. Like that. I just, yeah. I just, I feel dirty just talking about it. <laughs> so ch- check this one out. So I, I tie a lot of these up and I'll give you a little, here, a little secret weapon. But this is a mop. Little, uh, little green weenie. See the little legs on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, watch yourself. I feel, I feel dirty just holding this, but you know what? That's going to get lunched up. Uh, but yeah, they, they love it because we have a lot of the green caddis. See, that's, that's big. I'm yeah. not sure. Okay. So, so you're you be too proud. No, that, and that's fair. So, so a lot of times you guys are running, let's call it a fly rod and reel, but you're really running a mono, mono line setup off that to mm-hmm. get the drift down and and are you are you using yeah. bobbers or are you just kind of high sticking it to to work your way through those pools so it's like you said it's the it's a fly rod it's i mean my my go-to setup is a nine foot eight weight fast action rod with a smaller uh reel on it you know like a five six size reel so it's nice and light spool with mono 20 pound running line I mean, I could call it running. I could call it OPSD running. Line. <laughs> you good to go. Um, so is the fly uh, rod, not, is, is the fly rod just to get you some? Is the fly rod just to get you some length out in the river? I mean, why wouldn't you just use yeah conventional spinning gear? Because conventional spinning gear. Uh, I've been working with a couple of guys at uh, uh, Elk River Customs, and we've been trying to design a rod. We we got one now that's that's good. I've been testing it, but. Uh, the nine foot eight, you know, these, these manufacturers are making fly rods so light in hand. Uh, the recoil guides on them are super light. You don't have to bother with all the spinning guides. Uh, there's not the extended fighting, but there's not the, you know, you don't need a big butt on it. Uh, so they're nimble in hand. They're super light, super sensitive, and they cradle line really, really nice. Just like you want a, you know, a, a steelhead rod to do. So mm-hmm. you can take a, a decent fly rod and you spool it with mono when you're styling it's called chuck and mono it's down and dirty but uh 90 of the guys on the shore if you want to really put numbers up you're chucking mono all right that's fair chuck and mono chuck and mono 
I gotta ask, have you have you tried a Tinkara rod yet? I guided a Tinkara guy for Steela. We got him. We got him a fish. That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> I I you know I was thinking about it. Like, it was well, a- light rate, lightweight. You know, be able to drift stuff through there with one of those. Yeah, he uh, he snapped a lot of fish off. <laughs> I bet. But, well, we got one. So, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna run a fly rod though, like later in the season uh, when the water gets a little bit lower, more manageable, then I'm fly fishing. You know, I'm, I'm going fat line. I'm going. Uh, I go with a ten uh, foot seven weight to really mend line nice and cover some more water. Uh, indicator line, SA or Rio, whatever you want. And then uh, I'm throwing like a, a thing of a bobber on it, and uh, you're throwing eggs, stones, caddis, whatever you want. But uh, yeah, later in the year, that line becomes a lot more prevalent because you can control those drifts a lot nicer than you know than the uh, than the mono. The mono just goes in and it goes right to the bottom. And mm-hmm. you know you can imagine you're not, you're not getting much of a drift unless you got fast water pushing that split shot down. Yeah, but you go with a you go with a fly rod with that indicator setup, and you can really just creep it perfect. So the the fat line has its advantages later in the year when the water's more manageable, but early spring it is tough to get down. So you're primarily nymphing then for uh, <laughs> steelhead, not like yep. swinging swinging wet flies or any of the fancy stuff. <sighs> Um, you can sue streamers in the, in the later part of the year. Uh, some guys do swing and that is rivers like the baptism, the arrowhead gruel guys will get up there and swing, but we yeah. just don't have the, uh, our rivers are tight. Uh, some of our, rivers, you know, you take a, a switch rod, 11 foot switch rod or 12 foot rod. Uh, you could probably put it across the river, like a log and walk over. It, you yeah. know, it's so narrow, but, uh, some guys do swing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's good, good for them. They get out and practice their casting all spring and then we catch fish. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Very fair. But no, I've, I've been dabbling with, uh, 11, 11, a shorts bay and, uh, it's a blast, man. It's a fun time. I just wish I could catch more freaking fish on it. That's all. Mm-hmm. So you primarily fish, uh, the North shore than Minnesota side. You don't yeah. venture over to cheese land. Uh, I, you know, I do, I do a little bit, uh, whenever somebody really twists my arm and says, Hey man, they're getting nice fish over there. Let's go. And, and the North shore is either blown out or, you know, nothing's going on. Uh, you know, I'll venture over, but yeah. the North shore just has a uh, special place in my heart, man. I, I love it. Good. It's awesome. And did I see, uh, this past spring, were you hobo living out of a truck up on the North shore for a while? Is that, is that like an annual, annual hobo trip or is it something you no. just started up? No, it's not. An, uh, it was by, it was kind of by necessity. So like, uh, normally, you know, as, as all fishing guides do, we have, you know, like three jobs. You can, I mean, it's hard for any fishing guide up here to really make it on guiding alone. So, uh, my normal job is I work for the Colquet uh, hockey association and I, you know, I'm a maintenance guy there, but with COVID, of course, that was shut down. So it's like, what do I do? You know, it's like, I got to do something. So that my dog and I, we, we just, uh, outfitted my, 
truck box with a big uh, full, like a twin mattress and uh, put a heater in it and really had it dialed in nice. And we just lived on it for like weeks at a time. <laughs> yeah. That's like every guy's dream, I think, right. is to spend a few weeks living out of the back of the truck. It was, it was cool. But then the, you know, the DNR kind of caught on to me, like being a, being a hobo. (laughs) And, you know, like I was, I was never camping really. I would never set up a camp or set a fire or anything. I was just parking on different spots and, um, parking in like, uh, super ones or parking in, you know, grocery store lots, whatever, Mm -hmm. wherever I could park. Um, it got to the point where I uh, eventually parked uh, up the north by the North Shore by the Devil's Track River. I was uh, calling the uh, the dump uh, home for a couple nights. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All for a couple fish. Huh? Can park, yeah, yeah, yeah. All for some uh, slime, for some slimy steelhead. So yeah, whatever. That's pretty awesome, though. Um, yeah, like Matt said, I think I think that's any guy's dream is to straight hobo fish it for as long as you can but mm-hmm. i'm sure i'm sure you racked up some yeah, numbers cool. that's for sure it was good some days were good some days were bad but uh uh it was fun waking up kicking the dog out of bed and then lake superior was right there every morning so it was cool to wake up to that and uh i kind of went through like a three-week like reset period your body just kind of like gets back to its normal rhythm and it was sweet man it was a good time yeah, you really you really get to know, you know, where you're fishing and what you're fishing for when you do it every single day from sunup to sundown. I mean, you you had to have been like dialed in like you've never been dialed in before. Yeah, it was it was weird. People would my buddies would call me because they were working or they were doing something and I was just the this bum. But they would be like, you know, hey man, uh how's it going? And I would say Oh, a nice big pot of fish just got into the river this morning. You know, how do you know they got in here? So I fished them yesterday all day. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they pushed in and they're fresh. You got to get up here now. Oh, uh, we got to work. And <laughs> we got jobs. The, the, the wife wants to go to dinner tomorrow. I got to, well, probably not at that point, but like, I got to mow the grass, you know, yeah. some stupid yeah. like house, household chore or something like that. Well, when you were up there hoboing out of the truck, did you see Sasquatch? Yeah, and that's a thing I, I wanted to bring up. I think so. I think so. A couple nights where it's like I woke up and I don't know, it was like the shape or a figure kind of just came by the truck window. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Could have been. Well, I was, uh, I was, I was looking at some article or something today and it was a 700 pound black bear was harvested out of, out of Wisconsin. And yeah, black river falls. yeah that girl got it. That, that young Yeah. Out of black river falls. And I swear that that's probably the size of the Sasquatch that tried to run man and I down on the river a few years back. <laughs> so there, there's no, you guys saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> Heard it. <laughs> he wasn't running me down. Oh, he was coming directly for you. Yeah, that's what that. He got one one whiff of you, and he says, mm, "I want me some of that." Nah. Look at his chops. 
but yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine like hanging down like on a river down by like Ellsworth, Wisconsin. And all of a sudden you look down stream and you're just 700 pound black bear. Granted it wasn't in Ellsworth, but like that caliber size bear is possible, you know, in Western Wisconsin. That's insane. Unless that thing was just like sitting in somebody's backyard eating Twinkies for like the last three years. Yeah, he's been but, sitting on a bait pile for like the last month and a half. Yeah, I'm holy cow. But yeah, that um, thing is uh, huge. What you know, you know, being up there and on the shore that long, like, what's the coolest thing that you've seen? Like, you know, let's take fishing out of it. Like. Yeah. Craziest, weirdest, coolest thing that you've seen up there. Um, well, I mean, one night I was, I kind of got cabin fever. So like, I mean, you sit in a truck box long enough, like with yourself, it's like, I got to get out and do something. So I went down to the beach up, I was up North of Grand Marais and I went out and I was going to make this little like beach fire, you know, just kind of have a beer and relax on myself. So I get out and, walking down and looking for firewood, picking, picking up uh, little sticks and stuff to get the fire going. Uh, I look up down the beach and like 20 yards away, there's just this glowing set of eyeballs looking at me on the beach. And I'm just like, you know, it kind of takes you back for a second. Like you can't see it, you know, it's just the eyes reflecting and your lights kind of like bouncing back. So you can't make out the, uh, the shape or the form or whatever it is. And you can tell it's a bigger animal. So I thought, eh, whatever, it's a deer, you know, and I just went back to picking uh, sticks up, right? So I get closer up, and here's this deer that had been, like, roadkill and died. So it was this big wolf oh, picking, picking, uh, the, picking the carcass, you know, and I, yeah. And here I was just, you know, like 15 yards away picking up sticks like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but it, yeah, I didn't even, yeah, you just kind of, like, shed it off like oh, a wolf would never be this close but, well, by, uh, that, yeah, he was. by that point he probably looked at you and said ah he's one of us he's been up here long enough he probably smelled like yeah he smells <laughs> smelled like the deer that he's eating uh, well we've established yeah, that yeah, that's uh, exactly it we've established that so you can go up to the north shore there's a few rivers you can hit if you've never been up there before um berkeley power bay trout works <sighs> motto running yeah. behind <laughs> they kill it. dirty 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 mop flies um yeah, mop. one uh, you, you had one fly to tie for yourself um what, what's your go-to go-to i'm gonna do one fly for steelhead in general is gonna be an egg and that's hands down because eggs are just eggs always work um in either chartreuse or Oregon cheese. I love Oregon cheese. Is that an that's official be color? My my winner. <laughs> that is an official color. Yeah, that is a that is a trout for not a McFly foam. It's a uh, it's a it's an official. I think it's McFly foam uh, trout cheese or something like that. But it's real. It's a real deal. Does Oregon make cheese? You know, I don't know, but that this cheese that they the got here is good. I mean, it's like a, it's a nice light cheddar color. Wow. Not like a smoked good. cheese, which mm. would be more accurate for right now, maybe. <laughs> That's not funny. It's bad things are happening in Oregon, but 
That was that was, oh, that was my attempt at a terrible, terrible <laughs> joke. Oh, uh, no, sorry, not sorry, a very good. Not a very good joke. No, oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> now we're all, now we're getting along. Now we're getting on. along, just uh, like the Swiss. Um, yeah. All right, Matt, you got any tying questions? Well, I'm trying to look up trout cheese McFly foam. Are you fat? We're fact or, checking right now. The guy or, uh, who works Oregon, at the Oregon, Oregon Mc Oregon McCheese. It says it's kind yeah, of a yellowish orange. That that's fantastic. That is a good yeah. name. I'll I'll take that. It's and you you know it. Uh, I don't know why, but when I started steelhead, this old timer told me about it. You got to use Oregon cheese, and I I carry like so I don't tie my eggs um, beforehand. I snell all my own all my yarn on. And it's just kind of the old time trick where I carry like a Plano box. that's like, uh, I don't know, 12 by five and it's filled. It's like drilled out. The compartments are drilled out and I carry like 30 different kinds of yarn with different colors. So depending on how the water looks and how high and colorful it is, or, you know, muddy, whatever, I can make my uh, patterns right on the riverbank. So what? What More determines so. what color you pick? I mean, is it like if if the wind's blowing out of the east and the, there's like 80% cloud cover and the water's 30% stain, you're going with uh, Oregon cheese? <laughs> with yeah, the chartreuse spot? If I wake up and I and I hear three coyotes howling, it's going to be <laughs> right. That's That's a good system. I like it. Yeah, before before coyotes, you got to go blue. Uh, no man, so um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so when in doubt, blue it out. Uh, people, and you can you can break it down however you want, but uh, dirtier water, brighter color you want. You know, like uh, the brule, uh chartreuse, and, and orange blood dot is is like the winner winner over there. Uh, but that water's a little clear, kind of has the like a tannin mm. color to it. Uh, <clears throat> on the North Shore. You know, you look at egg life cycles, obviously. So when an egg is fresh, uh, a steelhead egg is, is six millimeters. So you're looking at beads. Some guys use beads. I, I know I do occasionally. Uh, if you're looking at them in the store, they go like six, eight, 10, 12, and up from there. But uh, a steelhead real egg is six millimeters. So low, clear water, fresh eggs coming out. You want to use like a translucent orange or a translucent yellow, something that's really natural in a six mil. Um, as the eggs progress, you know, they kind of go to a milkier or milky color. So you're going to kind of, uh, you know, put like a peach color on something that's got some more substance to it. And you can go larger as well. Uh, I'll, I'll run eight millimeters. So they see it. Eight mils kind of my happy medium, but, uh, everyone's got their own favorite. My favorite kind of color is red and orange or the Oregon cheese. I, I cycle between, I call it a fireball or Oregon cheese. And those are my, my yarn winners. Are you uh, particular to a certain hook um, that you tie with? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I'm going to do uh, regular yarn flies, I'll tie them, I'll snell them on a gamakatsu, either a size six. Uh, you can size eight if you're going really small yarn, tiny, tiny size, you know, uh, six mil. But uh, if I'm doing like high, fast water and my yarn fly is like, you know, 14 mil, like big honking jumbo, 
like the size of an olive, Kalamata olive, like a blue cheese stuffed olive, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had people that are like, why would you use yarn that big? And then the next thing you're asking them to net your fish. But because uh, it, you know, it works. Yeah, high fast water, big old yarny. Uh, but I'll use that on like a size four, you know, something okay. that uh, I, I really like to, you know, I use a heavier leader. I use like 10 to 12 pound floral. Uh, which would be like, say, like a 2x, 3x in fly uh, leader material. But uh, I run heavy leader, fluorocarbon leader, because it doesn't get dinged up as much. And I like to really turn fish and get them in fast. You know, I, I don't want to. A lot of times I fish alone. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to chase fish down the river. It's for one, it's dangerous. And for two, I don't want to be beating this fish up on the rocks and have it going across gravel or, you know, I don't want to have this fish jumped on a waterfall. It just worked two days to get back up. And so, yeah. so I, I run heavy rod, heavy leader, you know, eight weights, plenty of, plenty of torque. I bite them down and dirty, but that four, that size four hook, it, it bites heavy in their mouth. And they, you know, with yarn, you know, we're not worrying about, about, um, you know, morally injuring a fish. We don't run live bait. We don't run, uh, you know, the night crawlers or spawn, something that they can really gobble up. They're all artificial stuff. So normally it's right in the beak when you hook them. Uh, with beads, you hook them in the maxillary. But, uh, you know, we we try to get those fish in as fast as possible and we use as big as gear as possible for that reason. Sounds like a good method to go. Yeah. And the faster you get them in, the more you can catch. Yeah. Get back to fish. Yeah. So are you, are you bringing the clicker with, you know, doing your counter while you're up there <laughs> catching fish? Oh yeah. <laughs> some days, some days. Yeah. No, you know what? Like a good day for me is still one fish. I'm that just, it sends me home content. Uh, there are days where it's like you stop fishing cause you've got as much as you wanted, but, uh, it's just, it's still that one fish, that one steelhead mentality for me. It's just like, cool. My day is, my day's made, man. I got to, I got to smile for the rest of the afternoon. Well, speaking, awesome. speaking of one fish, is there one fish that either haunts your dreams? Well, actually, let's start with that one. Let's, is there, is there a fish that haunts your dreams that? The one that got away. Yeah. And what are the yeah. GPS coordinates of where it was? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that fish is probably, I, I don't know. That fish is probably a fossil by now. Um, but it, uh, yeah, man, I was fishing the uh, middle shore and, and part of, part of our policy, Minnesota sea letter policy is, is we'll give, um, you know, we'll divide the shore, uh, into three different segments, lower shore, middle shore, upper shore, uh, lower shore would be like Lester to Stewart. Middle shore would be like baptism area, gooseberry area. Upper shore is like Grand Marais. So just so we're clear on that is, you know, I, I don't give river names out a lot to people. I just say, Hey, lower middle shore or lower middle upper is, is going, you know, get up there. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I was fishing the middle shore one day and I hooked a uh, fish that uh, I just couldn't turn. And I had a, I had a buddy come and, and, uh, I think he had a couple too many refreshments and he just, <laughs> he tried to get the net under this fish and it was gone, you know, took off. So I, I went down the river and I, uh, the river's too high to really chase the fish. So, I had a buddy go out and kind of creep on a rock point 
and I threw my rod in the water because the fish was so big. I said, I, I can't risk it. So I threw my fly rod in the river and it went down river, got washed downstream. And uh, he grabbed it and I kind of rec- grabbed the line, recovered it, pulled, made sure the fish was on. It was a, it was a ordeal. It was like a, a circus. I bet you if you were <laughs> watching. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, so I got this fish again. And so it's running down river and my other buddy gets down below it. And he's getting ready to net it. And I raised this fish and it's just huge, which, you know, it's like uh, just a monster of a fish. And again, he goes for the net job, misses it. And he does that one more time. And finally, finally, he goes at the fish and you do a classic slash, slash attack and knocks the fish and it takes off into their current and wraps around a lot and snaps me off. And then I, I exploded. <laughs> you you became unglued, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, Normally, I, I try to keep pretty well kept up. Like, hey, man, a fish is a fish, but yeah. something like that, on that on that caliber, you just lose it. Yeah, I totally understand. I know a net guy like that. It's frustrating. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I I was on a sightseeing adventure. And I was not close <laughs> enough. I still feel like that that cutthroat, you could have gotten your leg out from the line and you would have been fine. Uh, that was a giant cutthroat. <laughs> Man. We'll never know how big it really was. We'll never know. Yeah. It's no. by the sound, I'm surprised. It, like it was close to 25, 26, 27, maybe. It was probably it was, 36. It was yeah, I was easily pushing 42 inches. <laughs> yeah. I was probably like an all-time world record, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. and, oh yeah. I mean, you were fishing like 10x tippet, and it was like yeah. a size 32 midge. Um, you mended it. Yeah, middle mending, of night. Mending dry flies. I mean, yep. it was crazy. <laughs> Surrounded by a buffalo herd. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, quite the – it would have made a good video, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. So is this guy still a fishing buddy? Do you allow him to come attempt to net your fish any longer, or do you make him sit on shore in sadness? Because I've got a list of questions yeah. for interviewing new fishing buddies. Yeah. <laughs> one was, uh, uh, one, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would love that. I love the process. <laughs> one is a, uh, still a partner. Uh, one got his net man repo- uh, license revoked. Good. Just uh, totally... Sorry, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's it's interesting. Maybe fish ponds would take this up. They should build a breathalyzer into the net. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. And then depending on your alcohol, your blood alcohol, that determines the size of the basket. <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah. Not a bad idea. <laughs> if you're if you're blowing like uh yeah, I don't know, like a three, not point three, like three. You know, that basket is like, <laughs> you're skinking a sheet of plywood, you know. I think it turns into a coffin at that point <laughs> if you're blowing a three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just wrap you up, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's, there water wings. Water wings appear off the side to save yourself from drowning. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, so it got away. That happens. Well, I think that yeah, happens man. everybody, you know? It does, and yeah. that's, that's what keeps us going, though. That's how I feel about losing, like, 10-inch fish. So, you know, that's just what we hey. do down here. Yeah, he comes unglued. Yeah. <laughs> just freak out. <laughs> just lose my shit. 
Uh, um, speaking of lose your shit, do you, how many guiding clients have you had waiter, like over the water waiters? Oh, uh, just tell you what, just one, uh, one guy. And this is good. He, uh, we were on the brule and it was brule opener. I think weekend, week after point is it was cold. It was Minnesota brule. Wisconsin rule. Wisconsin rule. This is, I did some guiding in the Wisconsin rule a few years back and I, I had since just decided to kind of not do it anymore. That's but fair. we were out with some, with some guys and, and we were getting some fish. Uh, we had three or four gentlemen out with us and it was a great day. It was cold, but man, fish were going. And uh, we were in uh, the sucker hole. I don't know if you're familiar if you fished the rule before much, but mm-hmm. we're in this, we were in the sucker hole and, and it's a big sweeping corner and there was a big ice shelf on the side or the inside of the this hole and when the one gentleman was roll casting and he was just about getting out to the run where he needed to be but he was brave so he kept on walking out on the ice shelf and you're thinking to yourself oh it broke and like, no it didn't break but he was out far enough where he wanted to take one more step and he did and he thought that underneath the ice shelf was like a foot, you know, oh, a couple no. inches of water. So he, t- he stepped off and looked over and all I saw was this, you know, like the big flat or the big, huge brim hat, like the, you know, yeah. Indiana Jones style, or whatever, yep. you know, there they are. Oh, West, wherever runs through it deal. All I saw was this half level. <laughs> oh, oh, That's all I saw. All I saw. I looked down. I was like, "Oh my god!" So I run over and pull this guy out of the water, and he's freezing. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah. The worst part about it was his, his buddies were having such a good time fishing that they, they didn't wait the truck way. for six more hours. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he sat in the truck with the heat on the whole day, like naked. Obviously. Oh man. But yeah. Um, I normally, I normally don't have people go over their waders because I, I tell people on the shore, uh, if you're walking over your knees, you're stepping on fish. So no need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that can Good go advice. with any fishing anywhere. Um, yeah. you know, it's amazing. Matt and I, I think we talk about it almost every podcast or every time we're out fishing, like how many times people are stepping on fish or just cast where you're about to about yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing the size of fish that'll sit four feet off the bank. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible that <clears throat> I've seen fish. I've, I've, uh, you know, I learned a lesson the hard way by walking up river and almost stepping on fish and having a, you know, I mean, to high twenties fish below and under my feet, you know, it's like, well, yeah. Gotta learn. So yeah. So I tell people and normally normally mud boots are fine unless you gotta get in the chase fish or take a photo with the fish, but over your knees, you're on fish, man. Yep. Good advice. What other advice you got for would be steel headers? Don't walk in the water. Um don't walk in the water. Don't drink uh, too much when netting fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can be guilty of that too. Uh take your time, relax. Uh Steelheading is uh, steelheading is not a a game of numbers most of the time. You know, you, you work for your fish, and you have to put time in on a hole. A lot of the times, if you think there's a fish, if you look at a hole and you think, "Man, that looks good," 
there's going to be something in there. Uh, if you get there early, if you get there before this, you know, before the sun has come over the trees, the water's cold. So the fish are dormant. They're, they're hugging bottom. You don't have to traipse around the river, you know, bust out your thermos of coffee, relax, talk to your buddies, hang out. When that sun comes up and that water starts bumping up, just two degrees, one, two degrees. And it goes quick when that water is, you know, muddy and, and low, uh, fish will turn on, they'll, they'll get going and all of a sudden the water you just drifted that was dead just filled with fish that slid out of the deep pocket and now they're moving up river now they're now they're accessible so take your time uh if you if you think there's a fish there uh and you're throwing a yellow bead throw a red one throw a stone flag throw a mop throw a squirm worm switch it up because that fish will probably eat if you give it what it wants so you find that you can fish to a fish more than like you know some guys are like oh if you you know if you go through here three or four times you know there's nothing there keep moving you feel that you can you can work a a pocket or a section of water more than you know just the three or four casts certainly oh yeah oh yeah uh you know and changing it up change it up or if you're you know say uh you and uh, me and Grant were fishing. Uh, I would say, Grant, you know, I can't hook anything. Step in. And everyone drifts different. Everyone fishes different. Everyone's got a different setup, a different feel. Uh, sometimes a different angler has the key to unlock that run. It's it's a weird kind of a deal, but um, you know, I, I if I can't hook a fish in 15, 20 drifts, say, ah, someone else move in, get in here and try. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's someone else with maybe a different presentation or a different setup and. You know, two drifts in, they cork one and it's on. But uh, yeah, change it up, try something different or just give it a rest. You know, 10 drifts, nothing. Uh, relax, kind of have your lunch and uh, just watch what's going on. So sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see the fish back out of that deep run and tail a little bit and then shoot back into the deep water. Uh, that's something that you'll miss if the fish sees you standing, you know, standing up next to the, the river. Right. Awesome. And let the and then the last one we let the fish run. If the fish wants to run, let it run. run. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of people that come up and, and they have a lot of trout anglers. Uh, you know, I think you can kind of manhandle a fish and we're using heavier leaders and heavier lines, obviously. But um, you know, a, a twenty-eight inch trout will still snap a, a ten pound leader like it's not even there if it wants yeah. to go. So the drag is your friend. Uh, don't try to uh, fight a fish with you know hand on the line. Get that fish on the reel ASAP, and then fight it with your drag. These fish yeah, run, and they can. That's a good practice for for anybody. That's a good practice for anybody fishing. Is you know get the fish on the reel. You know I always tell people you know you spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on this fancy pretty reel, and all you use use it for is for holding the line. You know, get that fish on the reel and and let the reel do its job, other than holding line yeah. and looking fancy. Yeah. The. Uh the drag is is your friend because a fish <clears throat> people that want to fight the fish with their hands uh you know that fish will will outrun your reflexes the fish is faster than you when it wants to be so mm-hmm. you can't get your hands off that line fast enough that fish will just it'll snap it 
So like you said, use your equipment, man. You bought it. Yep. You got anything else, Grant? Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, what do you what do you do up on the North Shore when you're not chasing steelhead, Aaron? Well, this time of year, it's salmon season. So we got uh, our pink salmon coming in, which are they're cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. Come in in high numbers, you know. They low, water's low, so you can see their uh, their spawning activity and watch them you know, watch them move and swim around. Uh, we also have some coho salmon, some king salmon, and uh, we have our coaster brook trout, uh, which are which are closed to fishing, uh, but they are around. And <clears throat> if you like brook trout, if there's the surplus for brook trout, it's pretty awesome to see uh, an 18 to 22 inch brook trout hit the net on the north shore. Yeah, those those are cool fish. I've seen one in the water once up there. Um, we we're it's called the Upper Shore. Um, my wife and I were hanging around by one of the rivers up there, and all of a sudden I looked in the water. I was like, "That looks like a brook trout." I was like, "That looks like a brook trout on steroids." But yeah, just yeah. kind of hanging out, chilling. I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, that could be an addicting game. Uh, I feel like to get into. I imagine there's guys that just probably concentrate on fishing those coasters uh, for most of the season when they can. Yeah. I mean, there, there are guys that target them. Uh, like I said, they're, they're closed season. So they blow barriers on Minnesota on their Lake Superior tributaries. They close the first of September, but uh, you know, the, the thing about the coasters is they lay in the same runs that you would fish for steelhead Kings calls. You know, every, every other, uh, trout and salmon or salmon that you're going to target it is going to hang in the same area so you're eventually you're going to catch them uh we just ask anglers to be respectful uh, if you're going to photograph them you know make a quick tart usually just put them in the net let them go but uh yeah because they're they're in their breeding and our coaster brook trout are very very fragile yet they were decimated uh years and years ago and they're on the comeback, but we still have to do our part to make sure that comeback is uh, is permanent. So, right, yeah, we want them around for for a while. Yeah, we do because a twenty inch brook trout is is gorgeous, especially when they're colored up with their fire engine red fins and yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Well, I I gotta ask the question, <clears throat> Matt. You you asked it the last time we talked to a steelhead fan. So, yeah. Great Lakes, is it a steelhead? Uh, um, God, mess. I want to say, yeah, yeah, it's a steelhead. Um, because, you know, the guys from the PNW, they say, well, it's not a steelhead. It doesn't hit the ocean. Well, our fish, our Great Lakes fish, our Lake Superior fish, we're taken, the, the original, um, genetic strain was taken from the PNW. So if they want to get technical, and we do have the exact same steelhead as you. Yes, they, they are a naturalized strain. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, we have the same fish as them. They just run into a uh, lot smaller ocean, a lot less saltier ocean. Uh, yeah, that, but then, that's what I tell people too, you know. It's, yeah. they're, they're from the, and I, I think they mix them with, you know, they're predominantly the steelhead from out west, and I'll probably screw this up and somebody will, yell at me but I, I do believe they did mix them with a rainbow strain 
a little bit. I don't believe they're pure um, Pacific Northwest ocean running fish. I think they tried yeah. and and they didn't quite take, so they mixed it with a little bit of rainbow, and we got what we got. And they're yeah, and fun fish to fish for. Well, they're great. And anyone that really wants to know, you know, I, I try to explain as much as I can. And, and I'm uh, like Matt said, you know, we could be wrong. I'm not an expert on them. I, I fish for them. I try to promote them, but uh, I'm not a fisheries biologist and I can't claim to be. But if you really want to know about our Lake Superior fish on the North Shore, uh, I encourage anyone uh, to reach out to Nick Peterson at the Minnesota DNR. He runs the French River, the French River uh, hatchery there, the biologist, biology division. <laughs> Uh, he will field any questions from anyone. You can email him. You can call him. He's a wonderful dude. He's huge into you know getting our steelhead to really thrive. He's uh, he's out. He fishes himself. He just recently got into steelhead. He fishes for uh, the coaster brook trout when he can. So he's out in the field and he's trying to understand what anglers want. If you have questions mm-hmm. about the species or about the strain, call him up. Get you know don't go on Facebook or don't go on the internet and get the second hand or third hand version right. yeah. which i see a lot of anglers doing and then repeating that that uh, information verbatim that could be incorrect go right to the source he's willing to help any guy out so yep and then i encourage people to, to contact the dnr for any questions they have i mean mm-hmm. they're you know state employees and they work for us and and they love yeah. to, you know, sit and talk to people so you know if you see a you know a station or a an office stop in and you know talk to them i think a lot of times they get bitched at and get the you know how come i was fishing this section of river and i didn't see any fish and you know it's not their fault you know but yeah if you if you're decent with them and you talk to them they'll give you all kinds of information yeah thank your thank your local fish biologists or thank your local dnr warden because guess what they're out there helping helping us you know make sure we can continue doing what we're doing yeah, um, and, exactly. and getting out there on the daily. Yeah, yeah, they're work, they're working uh, a lot longer hours than you guys would think. It's not just you know Nick, especially. Um, it's not just a uh, nine to five job, a state job where where people think you know they it's an easy deal. Uh, you know Nick's working. He's got uh, many credited awards, uh, not just the state, but nationally of the work he's done with the mm-hmm. uh, the Steelhead Genetics Project. You know, finding out if the Kamloops and the Steelhead are are interbreeding. So yeah, these guys are working hard, and uh, and they want to they want to hear feedback from from us anglers and know that uh, we care as, as much as them. So yeah, like Matt said, reach out, man. Because uh, I'd say more than most of the time, they're probably excited to have a conversation with somebody about <laughs> about about fish. You know, and that's mm-hmm. a positive conversation instead of like Matt said, just getting bitched at um, yeah. about anything. So <laughs> yeah, well that's good and. So DNR resource, um, the MN Steelheader uh, website, and I'm assuming Facebook pages usually got a bunch of really good information. Um, if if somebody wants to join, because it's an organization that you can join up or donate to, how, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so we have links right on our website on minnesotasteelheader.com. You can go to there. Uh, on that website, we have... Uh, links to our free clinics, links to some of our cleanups we do. And uh, if you want to donate or join, we have links right on the front page uh, for that as well. Uh, we also have volunteer opportunities for people that want to help out. 
uh, at some of our clinics, sometimes we are understaffed. Uh, take example, our Women on the Fly Clinic, which is one of the largest growing clinics that we've ever had. Uh, in I think last year we opened it up and it filled up in like 20 minutes or wow. something like that. Or, yeah, That's it was awesome. 30, 30 gals in like 20 minutes that were that signed up. And we had a waiting list that was three times as long. Uh, but we want more volunteers, you know, able able people that uh, that know how to. You don't have to be a steelhead expert, but basic fly fishing, uh, knot tying, rigging, things like that, casting. We're always looking for people that help out. And if you have the time and and you know the uh, willpower, the no power to come and do it, we'd love to have you. And and I'm looking at your website now. If you donate, you get a free long sleeve T-shirt. Heck yeah! Heck it's a good deal. Yeah. yeah, it looks nice. That's a good deal. Yeah. Everybody needs so a pretty much long sleeve t-shirt with fall time coming up. Got to stay yeah. right. And and steel head just buy a shirt. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yep. yeah. Darn right. Yeah. We're all, so we're all nonprofit. You know, we don't, uh, we don't take the money and use it for any of our personal gain. All the money that you give to us goes into clinics, goes into buying more supplies. It goes into buying, uh, if you go to the North shore, you see signage. Uh, it says no travel hooks. It goes into buying things like that. So it goes back into the resource. The, the money that you would uh, put in goes right back into the fishery. Awesome. Yeah. Donate to Minnesota Steelheaders. And then you you yeah, guide as you guide as well. How could somebody get a trip? Yeah. I, yeah. So uh, I guide uh, through uh, not Minnesota Steelheader, but through North Shore Guide Service. And we're North Shore Guide Service.com. You can hop on there, look us up. We offer uh, spring and fall trips. We do some summer trips if you're interested for inland trout, but uh, most of our, our trips are migratory species. Mm-hmm. You can hop on there. You can Our direct lines are on there. You can call us. You can email us. Anything that you want, uh, we're willing to talk to you. And if people have questions about the shore and they want to know what's going on, we invite them to give us a call as well. And what kind of sandwich could somebody expect on a trip with you? That's always like the most important question. I don't care about fish. I want to know what sandwich I'm going to get. So here's, okay. So here's the deal with with my guide mentality. Like after like 27 trips, like I'm, I don't do sandwiches. I can't do it. I can't, I can't have, I can't go back to the truck and have a freaking sandwich. So I started to do like, uh, you know, I'll talk to my, my customers or clients and I say like, what do you prefer? What, you know, what do you want? Like, uh, last year, for example, a couple of days I did like a, like a taco for, for Cinco de Mayo. I did a taco salad. Yeah, I nice. grill up, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I like this. I, do, I like where this is going. Yeah. Yep. Burgers, you had me at taco. Burgers, taco salad. And I, I, I brought some, uh, some Dos Equis beer out and the guy says, you know, Hey man, this is great. But what if we had some limes? And you know what I pulled on my pocket? <laughs> Two limes. Nice. That's well What I'm getting at is, is it, I got to eat too. You know, I got yeah. to have a good lunch. And as a guy, it's like, I, I want to have something good and, and have something to fill the belly when it's cold in the spring. Nice. So um, I like cooking something, something good, some hearty. So if you want something better than a sandwich, call Aaron. Yeah, I mean, especially, I especially around the, into that. the the beginning of May is a good time to go. So, so Cinco, come on down. 
Matt Cinco de Mayo next year is on a Wednesday, so maybe we'll have to come visit uh, yeah. the weekend before or after for a uh, Cinco de Mayo fishing adventure with some tacos, some tecate, yeah. and uh, yes, um, some fish, some good, yeah. good, good steelhead up there. Um, yeah, and we can find you on the Instagram, right? And was North Shore Steel. That's me. All right. Yours, um, yours truly. Awesome. Well, I do you have any questions for us? Uh, uh what do you what's what are you getting tied on there, Matt? What's going on? First what's that? What are you what are you working? What are you well, tied on there? What do you what's on the I don't have anything on there. It's just it's just I my little tripod that holds my phone is right behind my my vice. So that's what you get to look at instead of my ugly mug is prepared what uh what's what's been on your vice lately what have you been tying uh well i finished up a big order of hoppers and was kind of um burned out actually from doing that so i haven't tried all that <laughs> lately so i gotta get back into it i got some some streamers that people want and um we'll probably get you know ramped up here in the next few days and then uh Tie all, I suppose a lot. All week. The mop flies are coming in. Do you, yeah. do you do you get orders for mop flies? I I I farm those out. I I sort carve. Does, <laughs> does carve tie all of your mop flies for you? <laughs> yeah, he does. I I actually am allergic to mops, so <laughs> my wife will attest. To that. <laughs> uh, it doesn't but fit the hands better. right. Just doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I can know. say I I've never I. I said the longest time that I have never and never will tie a pink squirrel, but that changed one time and now I tie pink squirrels, but I can honestly say that I've never tied a squirmy worm or a mop fly. And maybe if, if we come fishing with you and I, I hook into a, you know, a decent fish on a mop fly, it might change my mind, but for now I'm going with no mop flies. <laughs> Yeah, we can we can change the attitude real quick. Um, <laughs> All right. Those uh, those brown trout and bridge beater stickers are are good luck. Grant. Yes, yeah. they sure are. I, I I was gonna show you. I tacked. I dug it out just for just for you. Oh boy. On. Okay. Okay. This is my my salt box. Okay. That's an OG one. I mean, it is. Yeah. This is was this first gen or what? Yeah. Yeah. So I got my, yeah, we, my my both of my two permit that I caught DIY right there. I mean that's you're welcome. I mean we're we're here to help your fishing <laughs> adventures go smoothly. I mean that that wish doctor that we pay, you know, to to put the mojo on the stickers and the the bridge beer swag, you know, he doesn't come cheap. So I'm glad that uh I'm glad it's it paying off for you. Uh, hell of a shaman. <laughs> well, I think next next time we uh, chat with you, I think we'll have to talk about uh, DIY salty trips and you know some of your Western adventures too, because uh, yeah. it looks like you guys had a pretty good time. But um, like yeah. we're we're running running on time here. But um, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, this crazy world sells down and we can get together for a beer soon and do some fishing. Yep. I know. I hear you do. 
All right. Well, uh, safe. Be safe up there. Hopefully, uh, you guys get some rain so the the fishing can get good for you. And uh, you know, rain. It, it is yeah. fall time. Maybe it's soup on the river instead of sandwiches in the fall. So give that oh, a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Nice shout out. Nice shout out. There you Sorry. go. <laughs> All right. right. Uh, thanks, listeners. Again, always thanks, like, like, share, follow, um, share with your friends, and give Aaron a shout if you want to go fishing. Follow Minnesota yep. Steel Ladder. Um, yep. And thank your local conservation officer and fisheries biologist. They need it. So. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you Thank next you. time. Good night, Thanks, guys. Bye.